presented by Facebook. Hey, what's up, Playbookers and Rogumuna Volan? It's Wednesday. Today's show, a recap of last night's primaries and why it was a good night for election deniers. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. 16 months after Donald Trump supporters stormed Capitol Hill to try to stop the certification of Joe Biden as president, a prominent election denier in Pennsylvania inched closer to becoming the next governor. State Senator Doug Mastriano, who attended and helped organize for the Stop the Steal rally, has called for audits of Keystone State votes and has been subpoenaed by the House January 6th panel, clinched the GOP gubernatorial nomination. If he wins this fall, he'll be in a position to nominate the next Pennsylvania Secretary of State, a position that oversees elections in the key presidential battleground state. A couple of thoughts on this from Team Playbook. One, the conventional wisdom on both sides last night was that this is good news for Josh Shapiro, the Democratic gubernatorial nominee. Talking heads were almost universally predicting that Mastriano was too rabbit hole conspiracy minded to win a state that Trump couldn't even carry in 2020. Politico's own Steve Shepard, as well as Cook Political Report announced last night, they'd be shifting their election forecast for the Pennsylvania gubernatorial race from toss-up to lean Democrat. Even the Republican Governors Association put out a very lukewarm statement about Mastriano's victory, notably declining to say they will invest in him as a candidate. But this election is far from a sure thing for Democrats, given soaring inflation, ongoing supply chain issues, painfully high gas prices, and a spike in violent crime. The general environment is still rich for the GOP, throwing Biden's poor poll numbers, and anything can happen. Two, Democrats helped engineer Mastriano's win. One of the most fascinating things we read last night was our colleagues back and forth on the Politico Live blog about how Mastriano's rise can be partly attributed to Democrats. Viewing him as the easiest Republican to defeat in the general, Shapiro and the state Democratic Party sent out mailers boosting him. Politico's Holly Otterbein noted, helping him rise above other GOP candidates, including former Representative Lou Barletta. And while Mastriano spent less than $370,000 on TV ads, the Shapiro campaign pumped more than $840,000 to air a spot that attacked Mastriano as too conservative for voters, but actually boosted him on the right. Case in point, the ad called him, quote, one of Donald Trump's strongest supporters, which to many GOP primary voters is a feature, not a bug. One week after catapulting J.D. Vance to victory in Ohio, Trump had a somewhat decent night, though the verdict on perhaps his biggest gamble, supporting Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania's tight Senate primary, is still out. A recap of the wins, the former president will no doubt claim credit for Mastriano's win, even though he endorsed him only this past weekend, in part, to hedge his bets on a struggling Oz. He'll also tout Representative Ted Budd's primary victory in North Carolina's U.S. Senate race. Bud, who to be fair, also had the backing of the club for growth and was also the beneficiary of massive spending, led former Governor Pat McCrory last night by a whopping 34 points. The losses, Trump-backed Representative Madison Cawthorn, the scandal-plagued 26-year-old North Carolina Republican who lost his primary last night. Ditto for his pick for Idaho Governor, Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan, who challenged Governor Brad Little, but suffered an embarrassing defeat last night, winning less than 32% of the vote. Perhaps the biggest surprise of the evening was how well David McCormick did in Pennsylvania, despite recent polling. The race remains uncalled, with Oz ahead by just over 2,500 votes as of publishing, a tight enough margin that a recount can be expected. While it's pretty clear that McCormick benefited from Kathy Barnett's late-breaking surge in the polls, which siphoned off Trump-wing support from Oz, Trump's inability to clear the race is noteworthy. Trump has called McCormick a, quote, liberal Wall Street Republican and accused him of being too cozy with China. And yet, as of this morning, McCormick McCormick is still standing, at least for now. 
Possibly one of the biggest upsets of the night unfolded in Oregon, where Representative Kurt Schrader, an outspoken Blue Dog Democrat, trailed progressive challenger Jamie McLeod Skinner. Defeating a seven-term congressman would be a huge coup for the left if they can pull it off. Schrader had the backing of President Biden, even though he's often been a thorn in the president's side when it comes to passing his agenda, and banded with other moderates to decouple Build Back Better from the infrastructure package last year. The schlocking of Schrader, however, was just part of the story. In Pennsylvania, progressive lieutenant governor and ex-Bernie Sanders surrogate John Fetterman easily defeated Representative Connor Lamb to clinch the state's Democratic nomination for Senate. Lamb, considered the moderate golden boy, was once praised by party leaders for perfecting the art of flipping GOP districts on a centrist campaign platform. But Fetterman, who spent election day getting a pacemaker implanted due to a recent stroke, was winning in every county in the Keystone State as of early this morning. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 1.15 p.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will depart the White House to head to Joint Base Andrews, where they're scheduled to arrive at 1.25. There, Biden will receive a briefing on interagency efforts to prepare for hurricane season. At 2.15, the President will depart Joint Base Andrews to return to the White House, where he's scheduled to arrive at 3 p.m. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. At 8.55 a.m., Vice President Kamala Harris will depart D.C. to head to New London, Connecticut. There, she'll deliver remarks at the United States Coast Guard Academy commencement ceremony. At 2.40, she'll head back from New London to return to D.C. The White House COVID-19 response team and public health officials will brief at 10.45. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan will brief at 1.30. The Senate is in today. EPA Administrator Michael Regan will testify before an appropriations subcommittee at 10 a.m. The House will meet at noon, testifying before appropriations subcommittees today, SEC Chair Gary Gensler and FTC Chair Lena Khan at 10 a.m., and IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick at 1 p.m. All right, for more news and analysis of last night's primary night, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalan. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook connects people, and they know meaningful connection can only happen on safe, secure platforms. That's why they've invested $16 billion in safety over six years. The impact? They've quadrupled their safety and security teams and addressed millions of pieces of harmful content and removed 1.7 billion fake accounts over the last few months. Learn more about how they protect their communities online and the work ahead at about.fb.com slash taking action.